What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast, and I'm here with my NFL Week 4 early reactions and takeaways from some of the earlier games that were played this Sunday in the NFL. Going to be talking about the Tennessee Titans blowing out the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Atlanta Falcons defeat the Carolina Panthers. What is the problem with the Carolina Panthers for why they have been struggling during the late half of this year? And lastly, the Cleveland Browns defeat the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson suffers a sprained ankle. Is it time for Ravens fans to panic? If this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast, welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you follow me on all of my social media platforms. My Instagram and Twitter are both at JT Sports underscore. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JT Sports underscore. And make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports, if you haven't already. The Tennessee Titans defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars 20-0. They improved to 9-4 on the year. The Jaguars fall to 2-11. And even though this game was a blowout, it wasn't a huge blowout in my opinion. And it was only 20-0 in Tennessee's favor. Like Jacksonville could have performed a lot better than how they did in this game. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions. They only ran the ball a combined eight times. Like the Jaguars have been a disappointment this year. And I don't think Many Jaguar fans had high expectations. I don't think there were any fans that were expecting the Jaguars to be a Super Bowl contender or even a playoff team. But my expectations for the Jaguars this year was that they would at least win six games and that they would be competitive in the majority of the games that they played, similar to the Detroit Lions. Although the Detroit Lions haven't been good this year, they've been one of the worst teams in the NFL. The majority of their games have been decided by one score or less. Meanwhile, when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, they haven't really been in a lot of one-score games this year. They've been in a lot of one-sided games that have not been in their favor. On top of that, they don't look disciplined. They look unprepared. And I made a video a couple of days ago asking the question, What is Urban Meyer's future with the Jacksonville Jaguars and will he return in 2022? And I said that I strongly doubt and I would be extremely surprised if Urban Meyer remains the head coach of the Jaguars going into the 2022 NFL season next year because this team doesn't look like it's being built in the right manner. When you have a new head coach, And you're with a team that doesn't have a lot of talent. The most important thing is building a good culture in the locker room. Building a culture that can be the stepping stool towards building something special. Don't really see that in Jacksonville. There's a lot of dysfunctionality going on in the locker room. Urban Meyer is not getting along with his coaches. There was a story that came out Friday. And it's crazy because that's when I uploaded that Urban Meyer video. And it basically said that Urban Meyer had a coach's meeting. And he basically insulted his coaches saying, I'm a winner. I'm not used to being around a lot of losers. And according to the story, he pretty much asked the coaches to say what was the last time they won at something in life. And they pretty much had to defend their resumes. Like, 
I don't really understand what Urban Meyer is doing with this Jaguars team. I don't understand how he's trying to run this Jaguars team, but it doesn't look well ran and it doesn't look well coached. The coaching staff doesn't really know what they're doing. I don't really think Urban Meyer knows what he's doing. And these players on the field don't really look like they know what they're doing either. Like I feel so bad for Trevor Lawrence. If the Jaguars don't get this situation with Urban Meyer figured out, they're going to end up ruining, getting, they're going to end up making Trevor Lawrence become a bust. And I've said this so many times that there has never been a quarterback who has been a bust, who was drafted in the first round to a team with a great coaching staff and a good franchise overall in terms of how they're ran. Most of the quarterbacks who ends up being bust, they end up not working out because they go to dysfunctional franchises. The coaching staff is not really good. The overall structure of the franchise isn't really good. And that's why the majority of quarterbacks ends up being bust because they're not put in a proper situation to succeed. And for Trevor Lawrence right now, he's not being put in a proper situation to succeed. It doesn't make any sense why the Jaguars only attempted to run the ball eight times in this game. You can say, well, JT, they were behind. They had no choice to um, the final score was only 20 to zero. So the Jaguars, even though they were down, still had many opportunities to still run the football to get back in this game. And this is another game that the Jaguars offense has failed to score 20 points. Do you know the last time the Jaguars scored 20 points in the game was week six of the NFL season this year? It's been nearly two, three months since the Jaguars managed to put 20 points up on the scoreboard. Doesn't really look all that great when we're assessing Urban Meyer and his performance. And there are going to be Jaguar fans who say, JT, this is his first season. You got to give him more time. Dan Campbell deserves more time. His team, although they haven't won a lot of games, they've only won one game this year so far. This team has been in a lot of close games. They fought in every single game that they've been in. The Jaguars don't really look like they've been fighting in every single game they played. And as a matter of fact, it kind of looks like Urban Meyer has lost the locker room. You see, the reason why the Lions are in so many close games, the fight, despite the fact that their team isn't great, is because they are buying in to Dan Campbell. They believe in Dan Campbell. They believe in what Dan Campbell's trying to build. The Jaguars don't look like they believe in Urban Meyer. And it's reflected by the play on the field. You can tell when a coach has lost the locker room. When a coach has lost the locker room, pretty much the players only play for one quarter. And if they're not in the game, it's game over. They pretty much gave up. The players for Jacksonville have given up on Urban Meyer. And you got to ask yourself, when you lose a locker room, why did you lose the locker room? Urban Meyer lost the locker room simply for the fact that he's not a great leader. And it's really odd because Urban Meyer has a book about leadership. How do you make a book about leadership and yet you're not a good leader of men? Urban Meyer is a great college coach, 
But a large reason why these college coaches fail at the NFL level is because, first of all, they aren't able to adjust to the NFL game because being a college head coach and being an NFL head coach takes a tremendous amount of adjusting. Okay, you don't run the NFL franchise the same way you run a college football team. Completely different. Also, college head coaches have way more control and way more say in terms of what happens with their football team compared to the NFL. In the NFL, you just can't say, oh, I want this guy gone. You have to go through the GM. You have to go through whoever is in charge of the personnel decisions. It's, a kind, it's kind of like a group task, per se. The general manager, most of the times, builds the team. The coach's job is to coach up the team. Pretty much. The GM gets the players that the coaches want that fit their scheme. Or they try to do their best job to find players that fits the kind of playing styles for the system that the head coach wants to run. So for Urban Meyer, he seems to be hell of power hungry. He doesn't know how to let his coaches coach. He always has to have his hand in the cookie jar. He always has to have a plate at the table. Urban Myers, that one person at the dinner table, he always has to eat first. He can never allow anybody else to eat before him. And I'm not really somebody who likes to call for people's jobs, but I think for Jacksonville, it will probably be in their best interest if they were to move on from Urban Meyer after this year. Because this franchise doesn't look headed in the right direction. You want to see players rallied, rallying behind their head coaches. Okay? Do you see any Jaguar players defending Urban Meyer? I haven't. Have you seen any Jaguar players rallying behind Urban Meyer? Motivated to play for Urban Meyer? Not really. You take out that check, you think they will play at all? For the Lions, and I keep referring to the Lions because both the Lions and the Jaguars are two of the worst teams in the NFL. They have two of the worst rosters in the whole entire league. But yeah, Detroit has been a more competitive football team than Jacksonville this year. You want to know why? Because Dan Campbell has built up a good culture in that locker room. You see, before you can start having success as a head coach, you have to build that infrastructure. You have to build that family inside your locker room. You have to make a brotherhood, pretty much. You have to make a fraternity, pretty much. And once you have that brotherly atmosphere in that locker room, then it allows you to bring in other guys from the outside because you already have it built. So then, since your culture is already built, you can go ahead, sign free agents, bring those guys in. Then they can fall in line with the culture and how the locker room and how things are ran. Dan Campbell has done a really good job of that. That's why the Lions haven't really been blown out as much as the Jacksonville Jaguars. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, this team, they lay down. They don't fight back. Detroit, no matter how many points they're down, they could be down by three or losing by 40. You know that those players are going to give it all they have until the final whistle blows. For Jacksonville, 
The game's over at halftime, and the players already look like they're on to next week. Urban Meyer has not done a good job of building a good culture in Jacksonville. And it's hurting Trevor Lawrence development. And the longer Urban Meyer remains the head coach for Jacksonville, the more the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to hold back the development of Trevor Lawrence. And they're hurting Trevor Lawrence. You don't give him a good team. His confidence is is dwindling. It's going down. I just don't see a scenario where the Jacksonville Jaguars end up having success in the NFL as long as Urban Meyer is the head coach. It's time for Urban Meyer to go. And if he stays in Jacksonville, nothing's going to change. You have to be able to acknowledge the red flags when you see them. Certain things are not going to change. Urban Meyer is not going to change. Urban Meyer is not going to adapt. Because it's pretty obvious that changes have to be made. And changes won't be made. Because Urban Meyer is too stubborn. He wants to win his way. It's his way or the highway. And the fact that he's not getting along with his coaches. Kind of makes me raise another eyebrow. Because these are people who Urban Meyer handpicked. Handpicked. He's known most of his assistant coaches on his staff for years. Years. So it shouldn't really take this much to get along with your own coaches. You're calling out coaches in front of players. Like, it's just a mess in Jacksonville. And it's time for Urban Meyer to go. And for Tennessee, we got to talk about Tennessee. I know a lot of you Titans fans are going to be like, oh, you only just talked about Jacksonville. Tennessee, much needed win. You improved to 9-4 and four in a year. You have a chance to not only continue to lead and win the AFC South division, but you also still have a shot at getting that number one overall seed in the AFC come playoff time and get that first round by. And potentially, you could end up, if you get that first round by, playing in that divisional round game, maybe with Derrick Henry. Because there have been some reports coming around that Derrick Henry potentially could return early for Tennessee. So that um, first week bye for Tennessee is huge. So they improved to 9-4 in a year. They blocked Jacksonville 20-0. Jacksonville currently is 2-11, one of the worst records in the league. Let me know what you guys think. Do you guys think that Urban Meyer should be fired or should the Jaguars keep him around? Let me know down in the comment section below. The Atlanta Falcons defeated the Carolina Panthers 29-21. Atlanta improved to 6-7 on the year. They keep their playoff hopes alive. Meanwhile, Carolina with this loss falls to 5-8 on the year. And their playoff hopes, they're not over. But they take a dramatic downwards turn. And this season for Carolina has took a downwards turn. And things kind of look like they're starting to spiral out of control. Because Matt Rule recently got rid of former offensive coordinator Joe Brady. And there were a lot of people, myself included, who felt like Joe Brady 
was a scapegoat firing for Matt Rule. Now, Matt Rule signed a seven-year contract a while back when he first accepted the Carolina Panthers head coaching job. So he has a lot of years left. So I don't see him going anywhere for the time being. I still expect him to return to Carolina regardless of how this season goes. I expect him to be back next year and 2022. And the problem with Carolina... First of all, I think a lot of Panthers fans came into this season with playoff expectations. They expected to win 10 or 11 games. And I understand why, because when you look at this roster, there definitely is talent there. You got a lot of talent on defense, especially with the acquisitions of Stephon Gilmore, CJ Henderson. I can't wait for JC Horn to come back fully healthy. You got Brian Burns, one of the best up and coming young pass rushers in the game. You got Hassan Reddick. Like there's a lot of talent on the defense for Carolina and offensively, you got DJ Moore, you got Robbie Anderson. You have a lot of talent offensively when it comes to your skill positions. Even at running back, Tuba Hubbard is really solid despite the fact that Chris McCaffrey is injured and he's been injured for pretty much the majority of the season and he's been a stud. So there's a lot of talent with the Panthers, but where they're lacking at, their offensive line hasn't been good and the quarterback play hasn't been good. Ever since they started out 3-0, things have been downhill ever since then. So for Carolina, there's still a lot of things that needs to be improved. I had Carolina going into this year as a borderline playoff team. I had them winning seven or eight games this year. I can't remember which one. I think it was eight games And this team, to me, looks like a borderline playoff team. Yes, they show flashes at times, especially when they blew out or defeated the Arizona Cardinals a couple of weeks ago. But they also have had some really bad games. And this Falcons game is a game that the Panthers could have won. You look at how Matt Rule and the Panthers have handled the quarterback situation this year. I haven't agreed with it. I feel like when you bring back Cam Newton, yes, that was a really good signing. I definitely would have brought back Cam Newton. You get him involved in the Arizona game, all right? Then the week after that, you start him with him learning a whole entirely new system, trying to get back into the speed and shape of the NFL game, and then you just start him a week later. I don't really think that was a good decision. You have a guy who, although he's in good shape, he's still trying to get back into the swing of things of the NFL game. Not only that, but he's learning a new system. I still would have waited two or three more weeks before I would have named Cam Newton the starting quarterback of the Panthers. Doesn't really know that much of the playbook. Still trying to get back into the floor of the game. Like, it didn't really make any sense why Cam Newton was named the starting quarterback for Carolina. And if you're going to start Cam Newton, you shouldn't bench him if he has stretches of bad play. You have to let Cam Newton figure things out. He's never going to get back into even being an above average starter if you don't let him get time to work out the growing pains. 
On top of that, with learning a new system at the same time and not playing in over the last couple of months prior to the Carolina Panthers signing him, he should have still been behind P.J. Walker and you still should have been putting him in the game in certain situations until he knows a good amount of the playbook to start him. I feel like the Panthers rushed to start Cam Newton. They rushed him. He should have never been starting. Then... You keep pulling them and you keep playing musical chairs when he has stretches during the game, when he struggles, when you should just keep him in the game. Because I love P.J. Walker. I love P.J. Walker's story. But we know that P.J. Walker coming in to replace Cam Newton isn't really going to do anything. It's not going to give you a spark. If anything, it's just going to set you back even further because then you put another quarterback into the game. Then he has to get in rhythm. Then the wide receivers have to get in rhythm with a whole entirely different quarterback. Like any time you make a change at quarterback... The whole entire team offensively is affected because then they have to adjust to whoever is calling the plays under center. So you ruin the rhythm every time you substitute in a new quarterback. And there was no reason for Cam Newton to get benched in this game. When Cam Newton got benched, the Panthers still were in the game. You only bench your quarterback when you're down multiple possessions. You don't do it early in the game. That just doesn't make any sense because then you 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 put P.J. Walker back in and what does he do the following series? He throws the interception. And then who comes back out the following drive? Cam Newton. You want the drive where Cam Newton could have used that drive to build some momentum and maybe get things back on track. But playing musical chairs at QB is just bad coaching. It's bad coaching. It's a panic move. When you made the decision to start with Cam Newton, you made the decision to commit to Cam Newton. You made the decision that Cam Newton was going to be our starter. So therefore, if Cam Newton has some stretches there in the game, when he struggles, you have to roll with it. You have to let him play through it. That's the only way he's going to improve. That's the only way people get better. I don't really understand why Matt Rule in Carolina continues to play musical chairs at quarterback? We know P.J. Walker isn't giving you much as a spark. It's a reason why you rushed Cam Newton into the starting role at quarterback. It's because you didn't feel like P.J. Walker was good enough to win your games. So when you commit to a starting quarterback, you shouldn't be making these mid-game quarterback substitutions. Unless it's from a strategy standpoint. But if it's not from a strategy standpoint or a mismatch standpoint, Cam Newton should be in the game. On top of that, Carolina still is in the playoff race. You can't be making these kinds of quarterback changes late in the season when you're in the middle of trying to get into the playoffs. You have to know your identity. You have to know who you are as a football team around this time of December. You have to have identity. You can't be going into week 15, week 16 with only a few remaining weeks left still trying to figure out who you are and who your starting quarterback is. You have to have an idea of who your guy is and what your team is and play to that. It shouldn't be trying to figure out where our strengths and weaknesses are week 14. You should have already had that figured out around week 9. You should have already had this quarterback situation figured out as soon as you named Cam Newton the starter. So for Carolina, the problem for the Panthers is that this team simply wasn't ready. 
to be a playoff caliber football team. This was a borderline playoff team. A borderline playoff team is a team that has talent, but they're not a complete team enough to make it to the playoffs. That's what Carolina is. And for Carolina, yes, Cam Newton hasn't played great, but at the same time, he's still trying to get into the flow of things. He's still trying to learn the playbook. And on top of that, the offensive line isn't helping him out. Cam Newton is up there in age. We know that Cam Newton isn't the same Cam Newton that he was when he won NFL MVP back in 2015. Therefore, when you have an older quarterback, he's not going to be able to hide your weaknesses like he once was able to in his prime. When you have an aging quarterback, you have to make sure he has all the pieces around him from wide receiver to running back to a great defense to the guys blocking for him up front to make sure that he's able to have success. You can't have an older quarterback and be like, hey, man, we need you to carry us. Hey, Cam, we need you to get us to the playoffs. Hey, Cam, we need you to carry us offensively. You cannot do that. You can't. You can't ask Cam Newton to carry you because he's not at that stage at this point in his career that he once was to be putting Carolina in the position for him to have to carry them. If anything, the Panthers should be helping out Cam Newton, not Cam Newton helping out Carolina. Cam Newton was brought in to bring stability and stable play out of the quarterback position. But how can you expect stable play out of the quarterback position when you can't even give the quarterback a stable pocket to throw? I'm just saying, man, for Carolina, there are some issues with this team that has to be figured out during this offseason. The Carolina Panthers can't continue to play musical chairs at the quarterback position. You run confidence, you run the momentum, you run the rhythm, you run the chemistry every time you do this musical chairs quarterback nonsense. Pick a quarterback and stick with him. If Cam Newton struggles in the game, let him struggle, let him play through it. Because he gives you the best chance to win at quarterback. And although P.J. Walker had one drive that almost put Carolina back in the game, it was too little too late, Cam Newton could have done the same thing. I don't really understand why you bring Cam Newton in if you're just going to continue to put him in and out. You start Cam Newton and you keep him in. And if he has some stretches during the games when he struggles, let him play through it. Because that's the only way he's going to get back into the flow of things. Like, Matt Rule should have never made the decision to start Cam Newton. Cam Newton should have still been on the bench learning for at least another week or two. He doesn't really, he's still learning the playbook on the fly. So, of course, there's still going to be some stretches during the games when he goes cold. You just have to accept that. That's what happens when you trade for or sign the quarterback in the middle of the season. They have to learn the playbook during the middle of the season. You remember when the 49ers traded for Jimmy Garoppolo a couple of years back? Did Jimmy Garoppolo start right away? No. We didn't see Jimmy Garoppolo until the tail end of the season for the 49ers when he had a good grasp on the playbook. That's what a good coach does. He doesn't rush players in to save their season. You see, Matt Rule in Carolina, they signed Cam Newton. They saw the energy that Cam Newton brought. Then they had that big shocking win over Arizona when Cam Newton had a touchdown. And he had a pretty good performance in a few plays that he was in. So Matt Rule and them tried to eat off that momentum that Cam Newton brought back to the Carolina Panthers locker room and they thought hey Cam Newton gives us the best chance to win right now let's just go ahead and ride with it 
Instead, you should have been like, okay, Cam, you had a nice little game. We're going to continue to give you more plays, and we're going to increase the amount of plays that you're in that quarterback every single week until you're the starter. That's how it should have been. The Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule should have been slowly increasing Cam Newton's playing time game after game. The game against Arizona, he had a certain amount of plays. Next week, he should have had a little bit more plays. A week after that, more plays eventually until he should be your starter. You have to work Cam Newton into the offense. You just don't insert him back in. You have to work him back in. That's what Carolina hasn't done. They haven't worked Cam Newton back in. They just said, okay, after one week, we're making you the starter. We hope that you can save our season. That's pretty much what Matt Rule did. He pretty much, Cam Newton was his last Hail Mary. That's why they brought him back. And I don't blame them for that. I blame them for how they have handled Cam Newton. If you're going to bench Cam Newton, then why make him the starter in the first place? You knew he was going to struggle because he doesn't know all the offense. I don't really understand, man, what Matt Rule is doing with this quarterback situation. But a lot of fans can scream, we need a quarterback. But it doesn't matter who you have under center. If you don't have a good offensive line. So Carolina. Is this team a talented football team? Yes they have a lot of good pieces. But they don't have the necessary pieces. To make it to the playoffs. It's like a car. When you build a car. A car needs a lot of pieces. And a lot of components for it to start up. You just can't build a car. And put the engine in. Without a battery. And expect the car to work. You can't build a car and forget key components and expect the car to drive properly. You have to have the necessary components for that car to start up and get you from point A to point B. And for Carolina, they haven't had the necessary parts for Cam Newton to get this team into the playoffs. This team is a borderline playoff team. That's what I've been telling Panthers fans before the season started. When you're a borderline playoff team, it means that you have some pieces to make it to the playoffs, but you don't have enough necessary pieces to make it to the playoffs. That's why I had the Carolina Panthers as a borderline playoff team going into this season because they had a couple of pieces, but they didn't have the complete full package for this to be a team that's ready to make it to the playoffs. So for Panthers fans... You kind of suffered from having too high of expectations for this team. Your expectations was playoff a bust. The expectations were to be competing for one of those remaining playoff spots. Year three should be playoffs. Year two should have just been around this time. We should be complete competing and being in the playoff race, which you still are despite this loss. So for Atlanta... You move to 6-7, and seven, and Atlanta has been one of the more surprising teams of this year because I didn't expect Atlanta to be in the playoff race at this time of the year before the season started. I thought that Carolina was going to be in the situation that the Falcons are in, and the Falcons have the third easiest schedule in the NFL to close out the season. So if they're able to at least win, what, two more games? You still put yourself in prime position to get one of those last remaining playoff spots. So for Atlanta, 
good win, well fought, well played. I'm really impressed with what their first year head coach is doing right now in Arthur Smith. I've been really impressed with how Atlanta has played all this year. And I don't think enough people are giving Arthur Smith enough credit for what he's done year one in Atlanta. Because not too many people had Atlanta even winning more than four games this year. And right now they're six and seven and are in the hunt to make it into the playoffs in the NFC playoff race right now. So it's just for Carolina fans. You just kind of suffered from having too much high expectations. Carolina made a lot of good moves in the offseason. I like the decision to draft J.C. Horn. I still feel like drafting J.C. Horn was the right decision. Because even if you drafted Justin Fields or Max Jones, I mean, you probably still would be in a similar situation that you are right now because your offensive line isn't that good. And the run game hasn't really been there consistently like it needs to be when you have a young quarterback. So even if you drafted Justin Fields or Mac Jones, you probably would still be in a similar situation on offense. So you guys let me know how you guys feel about the Carolina Panthers down in the comment section down below. The Baltimore Ravens were defeated by the Cleveland Browns 24-22. Now, if the Browns win in this game, they keep their playoff hopes alive. They improve to 7-6. Not only do they keep their playoff hopes alive, but they're still riding the thick of things of trying to win the AFC North. So they still have a shot of not only making it into the playoffs, but also winning this division. Now, Baltimore, they fall to 8-5. And, and not only that, but Lamar Jackson left the game early with an ankle injury, which is something that you don't want to see. And with Lamar going down, Ravens fans are probably asking themselves, JT, is it time for us to panic? And oddly enough, I got to say no. And I know what I'm about to say may sound crazy, but I still believe that the Ravens are more than capable of being able to make it to the playoffs without... Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson is out for the next two to three weeks, I still feel like the Ravens can at least win a game or two and still keep their chances of winning this division and holding on to their playoff spot alive. Because I know the Ravens are a team that has been hit heavily with injuries this year. Heck, even before the season started, they were down their halfbacks, their running backs. So the running game was already a big concern going in, despite the fact that you had Lamar Jackson. Who else were you going to have to carry the load at running back? On top of that, your defense has now started to get depleted. Your defensive line, you're down a couple of starters. Your secondary is down your two best corners. Marcus Peters got injured earlier on this year. Then you just recently lost Marlon Humphrey. Like This is a Ravens team that now is starting to have those injuries start to pile up. But despite that, this is a team that does have a really good head coach in Coach Harbaugh. I think that Coach Harbaugh is going to figure out to find a way to win at least a game or two and find a way to get this team into the playoffs because you have eight wins. If the Ravens win 10 games, there's no way that I think they miss the playoffs. Now, will they win the division with 10 wins? I don't know. 
But I do think that 10 wins for Baltimore would be good enough to get them in. Now, their last remaining games are really tough. You got to play the Packers. You got to play Cincinnati for the second time this year. You got to play the Rams. Then you play the Steelers to close out the year. I still believe that the Ravens could at least win two out of their last four remaining games. And it may sound tough. You may say, JT, how can the Ravens do it? I don't know. I don't really know what to tell you in terms of what the Ravens can do to win those games. All I know is that I think that the Ravens could win at least two of their last four remaining games and find a way to hold on to their spot in the playoffs. I do believe that this Ravens team is very well coached. And even though their defense has taken a lot of hits in terms of injuries, I mean, this defense still has played fairly good considering how many key starters they have been without this whole entire season. And although this hasn't really been the Baltimore Ravens defense we have been accustomed to seeing out of them over the last couple of years, this is still a very good defense because you got to look at how many key guys they're, they're without. And they're still playing at a pretty solid level. So for Baltimore, I still think that this team is more than capable of being able to get into the playoffs. A lot of Ravens fans are going into panic mode because you have all the injuries you have. Then you have Lamar Jackson who went down with that ankle injury. But Tyler Huntley is still pretty solid. I think he's able to win a couple of games for Baltimore because, I mean, he can still execute the offense in the same way that Lamar Jackson can execute the offense. I don't really think Baltimore has to change too many things. Now, is he the same level of Lamar Jackson? I'm not saying that he is. All I'm saying is that Baltimore, in terms of what they want to do offensively, nothing really changes. Baltimore already was a team that was run the first pass later so with Tyler Huntley you still have that mentality you're not going to change who you are offensively because of Lamar Jackson not being there because your identity was running the football on top of that you can still run design quarterback runs with Tyler Huntley you can still run the RPOs read options so pretty much what you would do offensively with Lamar you can pretty much do those same things with Tyler Huntley now the passing game probably is going to take a hit because Tyler Huntley isn't as good as a passer as Lamar Jackson, but he's still capable capable of being able to get the job done. So I have a lot of confidence in Tyler Huntley. And I think that the Baltimore Ravens coaching staff has a lot of confidence in Tyler Huntley because at the end of the day your defense is still going to have to be able to get the job done and Tyler Huntley still is a pretty big threat with his legs as well he's also a really good athlete in space not the athlete that Lamar is but he still has pretty good ability to run the football he probably is a better rusher of the football than the majority of quarterbacks in the NFL are even more than starters so you look at Tyler Huntley's mobility, and I know he's not the greatest passer of the world, but the passing game hasn't really been a strong suit for Baltimore this year. Even when Lamar Jackson has been healthy, the passing game hasn't really been all that impressive. So with Baltimore, nothing really changes in terms of what your mentality is. You know you want to run the football, take as much time off the clock as possible, keep the other team's offense off the field, and keep their defense on the field, which is why I still think that Baltimore has a pretty good shot of making it to the playoffs, even if Lamar Jackson misses the next couple of 
of games with his ankle injury because they still have their same identity nothing really is going to change all that much just the guy who is taking the snaps under center now for the Browns you got a much needed victory and the Browns are a really talented football team this team is now starting to get really healthy this team battled through injuries earlier on this year they had a couple of guys out but this team is now starting to get healthy and as we watch the Browns throughout the remaining four games left of this year the Browns could be a scary outing if they're able to get into the playoffs because by that point, they should be fully healthy. And if Baker Mayfield gets to at least 85, 90%, this Browns team is going to be extremely dangerous. They're loaded at wide receiver. Their offensive line is really good. We already know they have the best one-two punch at running back in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Their defense fully healthy is really good miles garrett their secondary is really good with denzel ward john johnson at safety like there's so much talent on this browns team and if they're able to find a way to sneak into the playoffs this is going to be a team that you don't want to play in the first round because the browns are one of those teams who could make a run and nobody really expected and it it's kind of like a lot of people forget just how good the Browns are because the Browns are a really talented football team. If you look at their roster from a talent standpoint, you would say, dang, JT, they have one of the best rosters in the NFL. I feel like a lot of people are counting out the Cleveland Browns just because the reputation the Browns have had over the last two decades. A lot of people aren't looking at the Browns for who they are now. If you were just to look at the Cleveland Browns, and just erase their name, and you just look at their roster without knowing who this team is, you probably would say, dang, JT, this team is scary. I wouldn't want to see the Browns. I wouldn't want to see this team in the playoffs. Then you uncover their name, and you say, wow, JT, this team's the Browns. I'm telling you, yeah, this is Cleveland. This Cleveland team has a lot of talent. So the Browns, not only do they keep their playoff hopes alive, but they also could win this division from the Ravens. And they pretty much control their own destiny. You play the Raiders who are going down the wrong path. You play the Packers, the Steelers, and the Bengals. So if Cleveland wins out, not only can they get into the playoffs, but they only poten- they also potentially could win this division. So when you look at both the Ravens and the Browns, Both of these two teams pretty much control their own destiny. And back to Baltimore, from what I was saying earlier, I know Baltimore has dealt with a lot of injuries and injuries start to take a big toll on you around this time of the season because you don't really have a lot of depth. You're now starting to get down to your practice squad guys who you probably have to move up and activate to the main roster. But Pretty much every team that's in the playoff race right now is kind of dealing with a lot of injuries. Now, not to the magnitude of Baltimore missing the majority of their starters, but to the point that, you know, you have to make adjustments and great coaches are able to win without some of their best players. That's part of being a great coach is being able to make adjustments, being able to find ways to win games without your star quarterback or some of your marquee players. And for Coach Harbaugh, I think he's going to be able to find a way to at least win two out of their last four games and get Baltimore into the playoffs. So if you're a Ravens fan, I don't really think you should panic, although this doesn't look like a good loss 
overall, the Ravens still control their own destiny. And if you win at least 10 games, two more games, I think Baltimore could get in and they should get in. Now, will they win the division? Don't know. But I don't think Ravens fans should panic. And I don't know. But I just have a weird feeling that the Ravens are going to be able to at least win two more games and get themselves into the playoffs, even though they are dealing with injuries at the last stage of the season. So you guys let me know how you guys feel about the Baltimore Ravens losing Lamar Jackson. Do you guys think that they can still make it to the playoffs without Lamar? How do you guys feel about the Cleveland Browns? Make sure that you guys like this video and subscribe to the channel if you're listening to this on YouTube. And I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast.